It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where victory is guaranteed. All right, welcome back to the Winning Ticket Podcast. It is your boy, Dean, and I am joined by someone who is very special, uh, hard body, <laughs> big gambler, uh, <laughs> XFL stud, and uh, superior gambler. Uh, I was talking about our longtime friend, honorary guest, and co-host, uh, Joe. Joe, do you want to say hi to the people? Hello, people. Uh, you brought me in, and now I got big shoes to fill. I don't know how I'm going to do all that for the people, but I'm going to try. I'm going to give you some XFL winners. That, that much I can do at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, Joe, there's something that I want to address right off the top. Um, you know, longtime listeners of the Winning Ticket Podcast know that one of our pillars, uh, so to speak, was to give out our podcast for free and kind of um, just teach the people how to gamble, what we're gambling on. And we've had extreme success over the years. Um, we didn't have the Stat Boys crunch what our – percentages were on the pod this year of course you heard new voices and um you know the the winning ticket family is growing you heard zach and john this year give you some great plays zach won our big bank competition and uh came in in our super contest as well so guys we've been giving you we've been breaking our backs to give you guys all this great audio and of course we're not going away we're actually going to enhance the experience so if you're a hardcore gambler we actually have a great offer for you so you can get all the plays that I play, that Joe plays, and the rest of our winning ticket company, um, What we, how we kind of react with each other. And you can really see the genesis of some of these bets. Uh, Joe, do you want to kind of expand on that for us? Yeah, dude, dude, of course, absolutely. So uh, we started a, uh, a, a monthly subscription service. So normally picks are sold by... Uh, experts or alleged experts. I mean, we're talking 600 to a thousand dollars a clip, mm-hmm. sometimes even more for, for multiple package deals and stuff like that. We're, we're taking more of like a Netflix approach. We're going to be only $20 a month. And you get, like you said, you get me, you, Mikey, Zach, John, uh, Matt, our soccer guy you have. I mean, there's, there's eight gambling experts who highlight their best plays in a variety of sports specific threads in the app called Slack. So, not only do you get the app and all of our picks, what you do is you can learn kind of the macro gambling concepts from, uh, from really approachable dudes. We, we answer questions, we chat, we, we, we don't just give picks, we explain why. If anyone disagrees, we, we hash it out there and we revise. I mean, it's just a really great, uh, great community. And we, we're totally transparent with our picks. So we don't want to be like another thing that the industry does online is they're not very honest. So not only are you paying a thousand dollars a month or a thousand dollars, you know, per season, but mm. they're going to lie to you and they're going to say that they went six and one over a week where obviously, you know, you check their, their actual record and they went two and eight, you know, it's right. That's just not something that we wanted to deliver. Yeah. So someone- uh, both of those things are, would make us totally, totally different. Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I kind of struggled with, <laughs> well, not struggled with, but there are some of the days where um, I'm 0-2 staring down the chamber of an 0-3 and, and um, you know, <laughs> that delete button is looking nice and sweet. But of course, we don't. Um, you know, just to highlight a couple of things in uh, the channel for college basketball, as you guys know, last year doing Dino's Dimes, I loosely kept up with that. And I gave out 71% on free Twitter. I mean, nobody even followed or tailed. I got a couple DMs that were 
kind of with some sweet words saying like, yo, you're on a 26 and two run and all of it was documented. Right. So right. At that point, it kind of sparked for me that, Hey, I might be actually pretty good at this. So, um, I've Joe, I've been having a lot of fun just really, um, communicating with the rest of the panelists and, um, the other experts, even some people that you haven't heard on the podcast. Um, we have a very deep bench of sharps. So, um, just in my NCAA plays and I didn't do this on purpose, but out of my 99 plays that I posted since we really organized into a channel, I'm 60.6% in that um that's fantastic man that's really great thank you thank you um i've had some i've had some rough (laughs) spells i've also had some 11 and 1 runs so that's a lot of fun and of course if you are a hardcore gambler we are talking to you you can reach out to us and like joe said first month free i mean who wouldn't want 60 percent for free absolutely even if you're just a novice and you like the show because we're funny and smart and handsome, I mean, I could go on forever. But um, if you want to learn how to gamble, this is a great way because I literally write a paragraph um, on each of my plays for the most part. So um, you're going to really learn how to dissect. And of course, you, now's a great time to join. Um, we got March Madness coming up. Hockey season is in full tilt. And um, of course, baseball. I know we have a lot of people chomping out of the bit for that. You heard Zach on Definitely. the last XFL podcast. I kind of teased um two futures and as soon as that happened uh joe i know you and mikey were itching to get on matt was texting me it's salivating yeah matt was texting too asking to talk some baseball so we got a lot of good stuff in the pipelines and of course we're going to continually um lead the people on with how to reach us for this um very special slack channel offer kind of thing so um definitely any, think, think any, of it like this last last closing words here on the the winning group subscription service think of it like this we're the only hedge fund that's recession proof. Every hedge fund is always kind of dictated off of the market, but for us, we can kind of control the market. So look at it kind of like an investment strategy that is recession proof. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And Joe, you know what? I I think without further ado, I'm ready to talk some XFL. What about you? I'm so excited, man. It's, it's, it's a, it was like football ended and then it started like six days later and I totally forgot. And then all of a sudden I watched all four games and I'm doing hours of research this week. And I know you were too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I got, I got two picks right off the bat that are looking awesome. Um, That's I, great. Can, I can start us off with the LA Wildcats if you want, dude. Ooh, I, I I'm totally ready to hear that. But first uh, let's kind of <laughs> just recap the week that was, I mean, I, I oh, don't know yeah, about yeah. you, but yeah. I was pretty excited for this. I mean, as a WWE fan, I'm pretty sure that's going to get like clipped out. Every time I make an opinion, they're going to go, <laughs> well, you like wrestling. It's grown men. Yeah, I know. But anyway, um, yeah, living in New York, New Jersey, as you guys know, um, we all kind of lean the Guardians. And at that point, I was like, hold on, let me do some research. Let me make sure that the Guardians are actually the team that I want to back. And in researching it, they have the best secondary. And just look at what they did to Tampa Bay, winning 23-2 to at MetLife Stadium. Joe, a couple of little quick hitters. Um, I believe the under was three and one out of the games as well as. Yep. That is correct. Yeah. The home teams were also three and one. So um, we had two starting quarterbacks, not play. That is Josh Johnson and Landry Jones, two former NFL players. So those are two big things or those are two kind of factoids that I want to stick to for this one. So, so Joe, do you want to um, say anything about the week that was, did it surprise you at all? Because I was a little bit surprised. I mean, hell I did a DraftKings just because, I was like, you know, whatever, let's see how it goes. I actually won money. I, right. I think I won 45 bucks doing that. And um, on a Sunday in February, I was at a friend's house, you know, drinking beers, doing shots, watching the New York Guardians. So that was pretty cool. So um, anything to say <laughs> about the week that was? How did you do last week? So I did well. I went two and one. I didn't take any, uh, any sides. I, I would have took sides 
but I didn't want to just take a dog just because it was a dog. Um, right. I know you and Mikey had guardians and you guys nailed that, but I went two and one playing the under. Now I primarily nice. did that because uh, for a bunch of different reasons. If you remember the AAF when they started off, oh, yeah. um, the offense is kind of, they took a while to get going. So in a, in a lesser league, it's just a little harder for offenses to match those weird defensive play calls and, and zone blitzes and all kinds of weird stuff you can do on D that you don't really, not that you don't need to prepare for, but they're just easy to, to execute for, from a defensive standpoint, as opposed to an offense that has to like click. And, and if you're, if you're, if one lineman is out of place, then you can't move the ball, forget about scoring. You can't get a first down if one lineman is getting blown up, you know? So um, the, the unders were a pretty neat little play there. Um, let's see. I think that the, the rule changes, the, the two rule changes that are probably the most talked about mm-hmm. were the two point conversions. Well, yeah. the, the one, two and three point conversions. And then of course the, uh, the double pass. So I don't think we saw any, I, I mean, I watched every game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing any double passes unless I looked down for a split second and someone else threw it. We saw a couple of trick plays, but we didn't see the double pass. And right. I think that people saw that and thought, oh, these totals are going to be 60, 65 because of that one weird pass rule. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's still football. They still have to get used to all, all different kinds of rules. Like, it's like if you, if you throw in a, a walk in baseball rule mm-hmm. where now you go to second base instead of first base. Right. For the first couple weeks of the season, you, know, you, you would think, oh, cool, I can take more pitches and just get a double out of it. But at the end of the day, people are still going to be swinging. They're not going to take more pitches just because they're not used to it yet until someone finally breaks the mold and, and all of a sudden the dominoes just fall. So right. I think that the rule changes as far as the double pass uh, I don't think we'll see, and I'm, I'm closing up here. Don't worry. I don't want to just drag yeah. on here with week one, but um, yeah, I think the double pass rule, we, we haven't seen that much of it yet. And I don't really think that we'll see that much of it in the future. I think we'll see probably like five or six of those plays the whole year. That's, that's me personally. Right. I mean, that's, that's not like a, a number anywhere yeah, it, or whatever, but uh, I completely agree with that, especially because if you look at who the coaches are, they're former college and NFL you know, coaches, offense coordinators, et cetera. And this rule is new to them as well. It's not like they were running double passes yeah. over at Stanford and all of a sudden now they're back uh, in the XFL doing it kind of um, fairly recently. So it's definitely an adjustment period definitely. for everyone, players, coaches, um, et cetera. The one thing that, that I will say about the unders is that when you throw, it's easier to play defense or it's easier to be better. Or how do I want to say this? It's better to confuse a quarterback with a defensive look yeah. than it is to confuse a secondary with an offensive look. And I think because of that, the unders play a little bit better, especially when it's kind of cold out. I mean, I know we got games in Seattle, D.C., uh, maybe not so much, but those should be fairly cold weather. I mean, it is February. Uh, the ones in L.A. and Houston, probably not. But, um, you know, that's definitely something that I like to look at, too, with um, some of this weather. And actually, talking stadiums, I, I kind of want to get into the week of action. And, Joe, um, call me crazy, but Seattle is playing at CenturyLink Field. Um, I heard that they sold 30,000 tickets already. Is the 12th man going really? to the Seattle-Tampa Bay game this week? That is, that's very interesting. I actually have a play on that game. Um, and the, the only downside – I'm not going to really give away mm-hmm. – uh, what my pick was, but the only thing that I didn't like was that, well, <laughs> I'm kind of giving it away, but I didn't, I, I'm taking the road team in that matchup. Okay. And that was literally a big factor against me um, picking that. That's why that's only a lean, but yeah, man, that's, that's going to be really cool to watch. I mean, the 12th man coming out in the middle of February is weird. 
Yeah, and, th- and that was one thing that I noticed a lot, um, a- along with the TV deals that they got. I mean, looking at these games this week, we have ABC, Fox, ABC, and FS1. Uh, really spread it around. Good job, uh, Vince McMahon. But, yeah, I, I noticed yeah. the fans were pretty rabid. It, it honestly re- it reminded me of the attitude I heard in the WWE. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Guardians game, but uh, there was a guy eating uh, cheese, and he actually ate. like. I saw that, yeah. It was rally cheese. Uh, that's pretty cool. I know that when I go to the Guardians <laughs> game, Whenever I end up uh, getting tickets, I will definitely be bringing some craft singles. But yeah, honestly, Joe, I think I, I believe Seattle is only uh, they're a two and a half point dog at home. Um, yes, their offense looked pretty stymie. Jim Zorn, as the uh, offense coordinator, or rather the head coach, former Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Um, of course, back then they did not play in CenturyLink Field, the 12th man, and there was really no Seattle Seahawks fans either so um it's going to be pretty interesting of course when it's loud do these fans really care about the team and that's why they're loud or are they just loud for the sake of being loud um i could totally see some yeah just being sloppy and being loud and kind of disrupting seattle's offense as well so um i actually don't have the total handy but do you uh, do they even have a line for that yet they do not have any totals up yet um they're probably a little confused honestly all of them went under and people thought they were going to go over which is always a big reason to take the under, by the way, if the public is looking over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't, see any, I don't see any totals up yet. Yeah, so I'm just going to go at, right out in front of it and just kind of say that I kind of am going to look to play the under in this one, mainly because I think the crowd noise is going to um, – I think it's going to affect both teams. I, I'm actually looking online. It looks like uh, it's going to be Tampa Bay minus 2.5 with a projected total of 46. I still would kind of like – that under mainly because I feel like Tampa Bay with Aaron Murray. I mean, Aaron Murray, Murray we know was a Georgia quarterback. Um, he was kind of bad, and then he played for the AAF where he was even worse. So um, could be some yeah. quarterback controversy <laughs> brewing already um, for Tampa Bay. I, I could honestly see them not being able to hear each other, and I, I actually think that the crowd might work against the home team as well. I think that they won't know how to you know temper their noise i think they might just be loud and rowdy and drunk and eating rally cheese the whole time so uh, i might look to be the under mainly because both of these offenses didn't really um come out and impress anyone i mean hell tampa bay only scored three points so that's going to be my official play on this one and of course we'll update it via the slack channel and maybe on twitter too we might throw the common folk a crumb here but uh joe i know there's a thing that, that we really wanted to highlight and that is the battle of can i play specs. on this game Oh, sure. Can I stay on this game real quick? Yep. Yeah, because this is one of my leans, so I want to make sure that – I'll see if I can can convince you here. So, first off, I love your your underplay. I'm probably going to be leaning under in all of these games, and Mm -hmm. if it comes out stupidly low, I just won't won't play it. uh, So, I I definitely like the under with you, but I want to take a look at the Vipers here. So, they're they're under the key number of three. Now, it's Mm -hmm. maybe not as big of a key number. There there are still – uh, field goals and multiples of six in play here. So I don't think people should get bogged down. It's, it's not rugby. We're still playing football yeah. at the end of the day, and three is still a decently key number. So they're under the minus three, so that's what I like. They're supposed to be way better than they were. Their win total was seven and a half. So I'm trying to get a major overreaction, buy low, sell high opportunity. They look pathetic. They only put up three points. Aaron Murray looked horrible, which is one of the reasons why the under is a better play uh, in the Vipers Seattle game, not to mention with the weather um, mm. that, that you said earlier. So I'm looking, like I said, you can take advantage of this in any market, buying low, selling high. It literally, even if it's the stock market, it doesn't even have to be uh, sports gambling. So the onto the Seattle Dragons here, they were, they only had 
one real touchdown drive. Their mm-hmm. one touchdown was uh, one of their two touchdowns was a fluky slot receiver broken play tag. It wasn't a broken mm-hmm. play, but it was just kind of like a drag that ended up being 50, 60 yards after the catch. And the safety took an absolutely retarded angle. <laughs> um, see if you can find that on YouTube to all the listeners out there. Watch the angle specifically. Bottom line is I think that they're poorly coached and they mm-hmm. run the ball a little too much in a passing league. Yes. Not to mention, I, I know that the Guardians – or. Um, not the Guardians. I know that the defenders actually, you know, they played pretty well, but there's no reason to be down all that and still running. I just, I thought that they were poorly coached. No, no creative play design. And meanwhile, the defenders ran more than one trick play and actually scored on a trick play. So I don't think they were prepared for that. I know it was uh, the first game of the season and it was a road game and all that. But um, yeah, I, I got to look to fade the, the Dragons here. The Vipers also faced the best D in the league. Yes. The Guardians were the best D in the league before the season started. And we saw post week one they are definitely the best d in the league so again i get a serious buy low sell high opportunity and uh i'm going to be taking the the vipers minus two and a half before it gets to three. Oh yeah and uh, and that's actually uh very important i mean anyone could look at the scores and uh the one thing i definitely want to address is that there are some people out there and this is kind of more of the square side of things some people go oh xfl that's cool Oh, you could bet on that? Huh. I guess just take all the favorites, take all the home teams. You know, it's like, guys, they actually showed us something. This is just data that we can now analyze. And that's why uh, Joe and I are over 60% as career gamblers, that this is just another game, honestly, um, that there's real metrics and real data. So we're actually putting in the legwork so that you don't have to. Uh, that's actually really interesting that you brought yeah. up. The Vipers had a regular season win total that was supposed to be high. I do recall that they were... Actually, I believe the the betting favorite to win it all at plus 400. So um, I think that's just another – that shines some light on how uh, ridiculous taking a future in a in a sport that you don't really know anything about would be. I mean, yeah, and now everyone thinks – Yeah, you could rip that I, up So now. before the first snap – yeah, before the first snap, everyone had them as favorites. And now after week one, they have them as the second worst team in the league. Like, yep. can we find some middle ground here? They're obviously not either of those things. Can you give them two seconds to breathe? It was yeah. week one for Colonel, and they faced the best D in the league. That's a great point. And um, one thing that was kind of promising game script-wise that I saw out of the Vipers is that they put together a couple of chunk plays, um, a lot of back-breaking drops. Um, I've seen that throughout the league that, uh, last week in the XFL. These wide receivers are pretty rusty as well. They're dropping balls left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, I already touched on Aaron Murray, but for a couple spark plays, they brought in their backup quarterback. Um, I don't have the name handy at the moment, but he is indeed a black man. So he was pretty fast running some good options. <laughs> Flowers, so I, yeah. Yeah. So I could see some, uh, some interesting play calls there. Maybe Jim Zorn has uh, a little bit more in, or rather um, Mark Trespin has a little bit more in the tank than what he showed at MetLife stadium. So Joe, anything you, you want to say to wrap up on uh, the Vipers? I actually, you kind of have convinced me. I might lean Vipers as well. Cool. No, I think that's pretty much it, man. That This game, and like I said, the LA Wildcats game was the, the two biggest things that I had on uh, for, for week two. So, I mean, anything else is, is you. You can lead the next one, man. Go for it. Yeah, so let me just um, let me just touch on uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks versus the Houston Roughnecks. Of course, uh, the Battlehawks we know as they were a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, and they ended up winning outright. It was a defensive struggle. And I think that this, the reason why I bring it up is that it will naturally lead into our next game. But you may look at their at their final score of uh, fifteen to nine and say, "Oh, you know, St. Louis has a really good defense. You know, don't sleep on them." I, I actually disagree. I think that was more of bad offense, and that's mainly because their starting quarterback was uh, ruled inactive 
just minutes before kickoff. And that's actually one that a lot of betters got burned on because there's not a lot of good information. There's not, there's no beat writers for the um, Dallas Renegades really. So it's hard to know yep. who's in yep. and who's out. So you want to be mindful of that, especially if you're looking at it from a DFS approach. I watched a lot of this game. This is uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks are probably one of the teams that I have the biggest, um, you know, sample size on uh, their quarterback, Jordan Tamu is he's okay. I mean, he's a little bit of a scrambler. He's a little bit of a ruffian, just kind of, running around, chucking the ball. Um, they're not very talented. I, I know that they have Kristen Michael, a uh, former Seattle Seahawk running back, actually. So um, aside from that, they, they didn't really do anything spectacular. I think that they, rather than winning that game, um, I feel like Dallas really lost it. So I would probably lean the Roughnecks. Um, I, I don't really love laying the seven. So, of course, I'm going to be looking towards the totals there. Um, the Houston game was the one game that I actually didn't get to get a chance to catch. So I'm just going to punt on that one. But, Joe, I actually wanted to lead that in to the next game that we both had circled, um, and that would be the Dallas Renegades at L.A. Wildcats. Uh, both teams were missing their quarterbacks uh, last week. Of course, L.A. has Josh Johnson. Dallas has Landry Jones. Um, Dallas really wants to run the air raid, but their backup quarterback was a dink and dunker. Uh, they, might, they pretty much started Mason Rudolph in a league where you need Patrick Mahomes. So, Joe, any initial thoughts on, on Dallas versus L.A.? Yeah, definitely. This is my big like here. Um, I can't really understand why the Wildcats are plus four and a half at home. I mean, that would mean that they are plus ten and a half on the road if we're given each home team uh, three points for home field advantage. So, first mm -hmm. off, we're getting more than a, a field goal dog. I, I, I can't understand that, first off, based off of literally what you just said, the Renegades and the Wildcats. Now, the, the – um, their performances in week one. Now the Wildcats didn't have Josh Johnson and the Renegades did not have Landry Jones. So first off, you got to think under is a better idea here for this one because the quarterbacks, it's going to be their first time out. And I know Josh Johnson is like a million years old, so he doesn't really feel the rust like uh, mm -hmm. Landry Jones will. But still, you got to lean under right off the bat. But I think that at, at home for the LA Wildcats, Josh Johnson coming back is more important than Landry Jones coming back for the Dallas Renegades. Dallas Renegades already were home. They already came out a little flat. So you got to think that the LA Wildcats, after getting blown out by 20, like literally, well, it's actually, is it a two score? No, I, I got I had to think of the, uh, of the new go for three rule. I thought that might've been a two score game, <laughs> yeah. but well, they did lose still, by 20. Uh, still a They're, three score game. Yeah. You did. They did lose by 20. So you got that right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and not to mention when they did lose by 20, you just talked about the Roughnecks, where I'd, I'd love to take them this week, but I don't want to lay more than a touchdown. But mm -hmm. the, uh, the Roughnecks were um, – they probably have the, the best, most creative coach in the league against yeah. a uh, – not against. They, they also have a crazy passing offense. So think like – and I'm trying to get a good comparison. Think Ravens when you think of the Roughnecks. Mm -hmm. They can move a little bit. They can throw down the field and stretch the field. So it's really no joke that uh, – or no surprise, rather, that they put up 37 for week one. So I'm not shocked that the Wildcats got blown out after seeing what the Roughnecks can do. And now I'm catching four and a half at home with the Wildcats against the Renegades, who I know they, they were missing their quarterback, but so were the Wildcats. So that, if anything, that negates it. But I like the Wildcats more because it's home field. So Josh Johnson is staying home instead of Landry Jones going on the road for his first game. So I, I really, really like the LA Wildcats. I already put a, a little bet on that today, and I'm waiting for the total. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's great insight. Uh, 
honestly, I think you're looking at a trend. Yeah, it's a small sample size, but the home teams were three and one, and the one home team that did lose, uh, they weren't at full strength. And also, they didn't really look too uh, creative offensively. Yeah, maybe there were wide receiver routes that went downfield, but the quarterback didn't even look that way. Um, as far as L.A. goes, I know that as far as the injury bug, um, comparing Johnson to Jones, I know that Johnson was getting a lot of, like, thumbs up as, you know, he maybe could have played last week if it was, like, you know, you really had to push do or die. But, I mean, it's week one. You could take a loss. It's not a big deal. So, I really think Josh Johnson will um, start this game, whereas Landry Jones, they're saying that he might not be back this week. He may be um, another week out. So, it could be a situation where the Renegades just kind of punt on it and um, let the Wildcats do what they do. So, now, two things I want to bring up. One is that L.A. fired their defensive coordinator after one game. So, honestly, we have to see a different defensive effort out there. Um, I actually right. think that that might be a good thing. Uh, I don't think that they would lose a coach after one game if there wasn't any pre-existing turmoil. So, what I mean by that is I, I don't even have the guy's name handy. It doesn't really matter. This is just a um, This is just a concept that you could apply, is that he was probably not in league with the coach. He was probably – kind of bad in the ownership and everything. They probably thought that he was chock full of bad ideas anyway. And of course, proof is in the pudding. They gave up 37 points. So I could see them, the players responding to the new play caller. Now that everyone's kind of in sync. And especially if it is against the backup quarterback, I really think that they're just going to kind of feast on him because he doesn't feel pressure. Well, he just kind of dumps off. The one thing I will say about Dallas is that they have a good running back tandem in former Panther, Cameron's artist Payne. Also, uh, former Cowboy Lance Dunbar, a little bit dynamic uh, backs out of the backfield. But as we saw this week, there's not a lot of running that goes on. This isn't the AAF where you could give the ball 35 times to Trent Richardson. So I'm also going to lead uh, yeah. in L.A. I actually was – I was thinking about going on L.A., but uh, last week um, I believe they were catching six and a half. But then I found out Josh Johnson wasn't playing, so throw the uh, bet out the window. The only thing that I'm a little bit concerned with is that we know how Los Angeles is with their home crowds. I mean, look at the Chargers. This year, um, even some Rams games get a little bit squirrely. That the the one thing that I that I did note about the XFL is that it was great for the fans. They kind of got in there, and the teams really did have home field advantages. The one thing that I will say is, I'm a little bit nervous about LA, mainly because they're the uppity Hollywood types that may not be getting excited for the XFL, and they may not have as good of as a home field as someone like say the Guardians. So that's the one thing that yeah, I'm, you really you're right, man. Yeah, so so that's. Sorry, one. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no good. you're you're, you're good. Uh, I, that's one that I might look to. Um, you know, that's that might be keeping me off the money line mainly because um, what getting four points you're probably like plus one eighty. Um, I might just take the points and run. Uh, of course, XFL there's really no key numbers because you get nine points in a drive. So definitely going to be monitoring both quarterbacks, and I would definitely lean uh, LA. And Joe, the fact that you're playing it actually makes me want to upgrade it to a like, but I'm going to hold out hope <laughs> and just see how this crowd kind of reacts. Cool. Cool. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I might parlay Moneyline with the Houston Roughnecks because then that'll get rid of some of the, the VIG for the Roughnecks oh, and yeah. I can get rid of that eight and a half points and just have them uh, win at home. And then uh, just hope the Wildcats can, uh, can win outright as well. So, yeah, that, that might be something that I'm playing. But I, I lean two of these games, and I like two of these games. So, it's like I can't wait to watch this weekend, man. I'm very excited. And that's not even including the totals. The totals haven't even come out yet. Oh, yeah, definitely. Of course, all the totals that I was looking at are just um, projections to continue down this line. And it's from Action Network. where They kind of um, – I believe they sell their services. I'm on a free 
little trial to me. So it says uh, Guardians at Defenders is 47 and a half. We got um, – we already ready the Vipers one. And then we got Dallas at L.A. for 47. And then um, St. Louis at Houston for 50. I definitely am going to look to play the under on the, the highest total game. I really just don't see that. And then, of course, um, yep. the only game that we didn't talk about – there's only four games, so we might as well just touch on all of them – is we have Cardell Jones and the D.C. Defenders versus the New York Guardians. We have good offense versus good defense. Um, this is one that I'm just going to sit back and watch, honestly. Um, you know, Guardians catching five and a half in D.C., that might be something that um, – you know, I, I know that books aren't going to really allow teasers because there are no key numbers. So the the benefit of a teaser, you can't really get through key numbers because we don't know the key numbers yet. So that's kind of an interesting right. – I know that some people have been rumbling to tease – some things um, I might look to guardians. And like I said, I might look to the underdogs just mainly because, you know, getting points in a league that, that I deem as high variance would be pretty cool. But yeah, on the games that I might pass, I might end up uh, playing unders, but I'll definitely update that via Slack. Uh, we're going to have a good little conversation about that. And um, you know, we may, like I said, throw some crumbs on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I lean guardians as well. Um, not really that much for handicap. I mean, you're just trying to, you try to watch the game and see maybe their secondary can slow down uh, 12 gauge a little bit to DC, their quarterback. Um, yeah, not really too much. Can't wait to watch this one as a big Guardians fan, much like yourself, dude. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fun one. And honestly, uh, I'm really, really blown away by how well the, the league, um, what the reception was. I, I know that they've been doing a ton of things from a uh, visual standpoint, too, like showing the total at the bottom of the scoreboard. That was really cool. Um, I, I really like how they've embraced the gambling aspect of it because, you know what, let's be honest. As big NFL fans, why the hell would we watch this if we couldn't bet on it? You know, and, and that's the thing I think that Absolutely. XFL has over AAF is that AAF was just like minor league football. It was terrible quality. This is a little bit different. It has its edge, and um, that's why I like it. So, you know, I'm really impressed. Uh, I'm hoping for more to come. And of course, if you guys like this episode, uh, you're going to get more of it, um, whether it's me and Joe or um, the rest of the gang or whoever's around. I know I'm going to be traveling a lot at the end of the month, so you may not hear my my deep, beautiful, sultry voice as as often. <laughs> but I, I leave the pod in great hands. So, so Joe, anything in closing that you want to leave the people with? Let's see. I don't think so, man. I am excited to watch. Uh, think Unders and then think Vipers Wildcats, baby. You know it, man. We're going to yeah. go 7-0 this week. Let's do it. Let's continue to add on to that. And, of course, like I could sit here until I'm blue in the face and read you uh, some of our records. I know that we had a nice little um, – or I had a 7-2 and two prop run through the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe, you weren't on the episode that we recapped the week that was for the Super Bowl, but we all crushed it. We had the game script um, almost exactly. We did, man. So that was we a lot nailed of fun. It. And, yeah, just more winning tickets in your future. Of course, follow us on Twitter at winningtixpod, also at winningticketpod. Uh, John came through with – a lot of good Oscar bets, actually. He, um, the late breaking news, he had seen Parasite late on Saturday night and literally texted me with full vote of confidence that it was the best, not only the best movie this year, but it was the best movie that he's seen in a while. And um, he parlayed, I don't know how, but he was able to get a parlay down of um, director Bong, Ho, Bong jo- Jun Ho. Oh, wow. I don't think the <laughs> That's your guy, dude. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looks like the guy from Heroes. Uh, of course, the Asian guy. He does. And um, yeah, so they he's all a do. South Korean guy. <laughs> and um, Parasite won Best Picture. I believe that was 
plus 870. So John really flourished there, of course, with his wife, Becca. Wow. Um, they both gave some, some great plays there. So, um, yeah, honestly, if they release odds, I will bet on it, and I will probably watch it. It kind of supports my fandom. So, guys, um, thank you for coming along with us on this little journey. And, of course, you're going to hear a lot more about – for you hardcore gamblers, you're going to hear a lot more about the Slack channel. Um, it's really exciting stuff. I have, I'm having a great time. And uh, Joe actually just uh, hit another play. The um, Devil's Game just went over very easily in the second period. So, chalk one up for the hot Beautiful. Game.